Okay, good morning, everyone. Glad to have you come out to the house of the Lord and celebrate the 18th anniversary of this church's beginning. Let's give it a hand. Thank you. And I want to get right into the message. I have 30 slides telling you how many I have, and I'm not going to rush. And I want to tell you right off the bat that this is an evangelistic message. In other words, reaching out to the lost and to the saved, along with Ecclesiastes, which starts out in chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. Eat, drink, and be merry. Ecclesiastes 5, 16 through 20. I want to reiterate, repeat, this is an evangelistic message intermingled with what I have just said. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. So, why did I say that? So if I get a little bit off track, you're going to have to forgive me. I've been trying to adjust this message over and over again. However, the Holy Spirit has led me just to talk about and confine me to what I have already put down. Can I get an amen? amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit does sometimes. You want to go in a different direction, but he keeps steering you in the other direction and confining you to a purpose that he has in mind for those who are listening. So without further ado, I repeat, eat, drink, and be merry. Is this your and my final ultimate fulfillment? Or is there something else to life? As usual, I'm going to repeat, is this your and my final and ultimate fulfillment, or is there something else to life? Number two, what advantage? This also is a grievous evil on reading the text. Exactly as a man is born, thus will he die. So what is the advantage to him who tools for the wind? Throughout his life, he also eats in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. He was what I have seen to be good and fitting to eat, to drink, and enjoy oneself in all one's labor in which he toils under the sun during the few years of his life which God has given him, for this is his reward. Number three, furthermore, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has also empowered him to eat from them and to receive his reward and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God, for he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. Now returning, number four, back to verse 16. This also is a grievous evil, exactly as a man is born, thus will he die. So what is the advantage to him who toils for the wind? I want you to pay close attention to this next excerpt. No, I didn't write this, but I took it from some scholars before me and added on to it. In respect of the body we must go as we came. The dust shall return to the earth as it was. But sad is our case. If the soul return as it came, for we were born in sin, and if we die, excuse me, and if we die in sin, unsanctified, unsaved, we had better never have been born. That's some solemn statements right there. And that seems to be the case of the whirling here spoken of where he is said to return in all points as he came. Number five, as sinful, 
as miserable and much more. Number six, repeating, but sad as our case, born in sin. In respect of the body, we must go as we came. The dust shall return to the earth as it was. But sad is our case if the soul return as it came. For we were born in sin. And if we die in sin, unsanctified, that is unsaved, we had better never been born. Not me, number seven. I wasn't born in sin. You must be talking to somebody else. Really? Behold, David, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. This is David talking. Does that apply to you? We'll find out. The hardest thing for a minister to do, one of the hardest things for a minister to do, is impress upon ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that we indeed are sinners in need of a Savior. Can I get a witness? But you know what? That's not my job. It is not the preacher's job to convince you that you and I are sinners and we need a Savior. That is the Holy Spirit's job. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in innermost being and in him part of you will make me to know wisdom. Number eight, and strange from the womb. All have sinned. The wicked are estranged from the womb. These who, those, these who speak lies go astray from birth. Once, once again, I will say, oh, you, I'm a good person. You can't be talking about me. Well, look at the next verse. All have sinned. Say all. all. Have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes you and me. Can I get an Amen. amen. <clears throat> I had to turn this a little bit. <clears throat> then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. You and I were created in the image of God. However, something happened. It's called sin. Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul or a living being. Don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, that the breath of God is the only thing that God gave to human beings? We are in the image of God, but something happened in the garden. And as a result, all have sinned. All were born in iniquity, and we need a divine Savior. I wonder who it is. Number nine, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. And I, I want you to recognize right away, I'm not calling the Son of God the Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Can I get an Amen. Someone came along, if I can put it that way. For a child will be born to us. A son is given to us. 
and the government will be rest on his shoulder. We know that's future. But the son is not future. He already came. She, that is Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. I like to use the word Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I got a little footnote here, not on the screen. Behold, the virgin will be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, because he shall save his people from their sins. Let me ask you a question on my footnote. Are you one of his people? Let me ask again. Are you one of his people? He came to seek and to save the lost. Number 10. Who is able to save to the Let me slow down. I'm getting ready to speed up. I can feel it coming on. (laughs) Who is able also to save them to the uttermost. And let me put another footnote. He's able to save not only to the uttermost, but to the guttermost. Can I get a witness? If you're down in the gutter... He's able to save. If you call yourself some kind of sanctified Christian, no, that's not the right word, citizen, he's able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. That come unto God by him, seeing he ever lived to make intercession for, for, for them. For such a high priest became us who is holy. He's the only human being, that's right, he's the only human being who came uncontaminated with sin. He's holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, he's separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Can I get an amen? That is your Savior if you're saved. If you're not saved, he can be. Let me throw this in there. For God, and you know where I'm going, so loved the cosmos, that's right, the cosmos, the world, that people, that he gave that son who died on that cross and took all the penalty of every sin that you could ever commit upon himself. And he said, like somebody was here yesterday, don't look over there. It is finished. He paid the price in full. And for you to ignore that message is for you to slap God in the face and say, I don't need this Jesus that you're talking about. Let me add this. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. And someday you're going to face him for rejecting the eternal son of the living God. You say, I don't care. You will care in that day. The great high priest who needeth not daily as the other high priest, I know I added, to offer up sacrifice for his First for his own sins. That's right. The priest had to offer up sacrifice for his own sins. And then for the people. For this he did once. Say once. When he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity or weakness. But the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated or set apart forever. Say consecrated. Consecrated. I'm going to get to this later, but in case I don't. Every born-again Christian, every saved person, God wants to set you apart for the work he has for you to do. I'll get to that later, but I just want to say that now. 
more reflections, number 12, on Solomon's viewpoint. In Ecclesiastes 5.16, Solomon provides us with an under the sun and therefore limited view of the first death. Listen again. This also is a grievous evil. Exactly as a man is born, thus will he die. So what is the advantage to him who toils for the wind? I know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a somber message. But I hope you don't fall asleep on me. I hope you're not on your cell phone. I hope you stay awake. Can I get an amen? amen. We're here with you. Thank you. First death, second death. But in Revelation 21, God gives us a written account of the second death. Now, you, you're not going to hear this too often because a lot of churches and we could fall into that. A lot of churches won't preach about you need to be saved and everybody's goody two shows and there is no such thing as hell. Baloney. If you can read these verses and say that there's no life after death and eternal judgment, you're dreaming. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Let me say something right now before I go on. There is no such thing as a carte blanche. Everyone gets the same penalty. No, it's not true. I'm not going to go into it, but you can see it right here. Every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Solomon talked about the first death. We're talking about a second death. And everyone's name, or every, and if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. If you're here today, that doesn't shake you in your boots. You're blind. The Holy Spirit hasn't talked to you yet because that's where I was headed. That's where you were headed. Can I get an amen? Let me read that last part of the verse section. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let me ask you a solemn question. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Thank you for one. And I know there's more. I'm going to say something that is not in the notes also. If it isn't, it can be. How's it get written in the lame book of life? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. A gentleman and I and a lady were in here yesterday. And this lady definitely was going to a works-based church and she was approached not yesterday this all happened but I'm telling you the history she was approached by the man who brought her here and she said not literally but it came out I was going to a works-based church and the person who witnessed to her said the thief on the cross, he didn't do one right thing. All his life he was a thief. And he said to her, 
Was she, was she saved? She had to admit, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't come to God saying how good you are. Come to God just as you are and he'll save you. Don't try to clean up your act. Come to the Lord and he'll clean up your act. How's he do it? There's someone called the Holy. Say holy. Holy. The Holy Spirit. And if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is still there working on you. To conform you to the image of God's dear son. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's got a big work to do in you and me. Can I get an amen? Amen. But he doesn't stop. Thank God for that. Number 15. But here's the remedy for being born in sin and the second death. Maybe you never read this before, but you probably have. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. I'm going to say something about the Pharisees right now. The word Pharisees itself means set apart. They thought they were better than anybody else. They were set apart. They were just a religious group. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees, Nic- Nic- excuse me, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs or miracles that you do unless God is with him. Slow down. G- Slow down. Thank you. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say to you, unless one is born again, say born again. again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Now I want you to get something. Born in sin, born again. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Number 16. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and I'm not talking about water baptism, you can go down a dry center and come up a wet center. And if you want to know more explanation, please see one of us after church. And the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be, <coughs> I'm getting confused with the King James Version. Let me just say how the King James says, Marvel not that I say to you, you must. This is a divine must. You must be born again. I'm going to say this again. I don't know why I'm saying it. Brother Bruce, I'm a good person. I do all kinds of good things. I'm helping the poor. I distribute food. I give them money if they need it. All our righteousness, including mine, is just like a filthy rag. You must be born again. Listen to the words of Jesus. Verily, verily, number 17, I say to you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. Say has. Has. Over, I just keep saying it over and over again. I don't know why. If you trusted Jesus, you can't wait till death. You already have eternal life. It's yours. Don't let any teacher, preacher, whether it be Brother Bruce Carter or somebody else, 
you can have eternal life as a free gift right now. And shall not come into condemnation. That's the second death. But it's passed from death unto life. Which side of the ledger are you on? Maybe I better say that again, and I don't know why. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, that's just Jesus' words, and believes on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but his path from death unto life. Well, Brother Bruce, when I die, that's it. It's over. That's what Ecclesiastes says later on, chapter 9. Here's the happy hope of every Christian. If we, for we know that if the... I better slow down. Sometimes when the Spirit gets a hold of you, you start to speed up. I'll put it on cruise control, Pastor. I don't mind saying hallelujah. I don't mind saying praise the Lord. I don't mind saying I know I'm saved. But am I bragging? No, indeed. I'm saved by the awesome grace of God. And you can say the same thing. For we know that if this earthly tent, that is this body, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan in this body, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, this body, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us, say prepared. I'm going to say this again, and I know this is out of context. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. And God has been trying to prepare you for the work that he wants you to do. But you keep telling him, no. And I don't know who I'm talking to. But it's better for you to step up to the plate and say, okay, Lord, I surrender. I hope I'm not out of place saying this. Don't keep playing with the Lord. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave to us the spirit as a pledge. That word could be translated, that word pledge could be translated down payment. The Holy Spirit is your down payment. He's your paraclete. Therefore being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Let me sum it up. The moment any Christian leaves this earth, he's in the presence of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Can I get an amen? amen. For we walk by faith, number 20, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to the Lord. Say pleasing to the Lord. I know it says pleasing to him. Again, I don't know. I don't have the slightest idea who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. You and I, that's right, I'm including myself, are you actually pleasing to the Lord? 
the church you attend, do you go to the Bible study? Do you go to the prayer meeting if you can? I know some of us can. I know you can't because you have a job or other obligations. We need each other. And some of us, you don't have any excuse. I'll leave that alone. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will, will be fruitful labor for me. Stay labor. I'm saying it again. You and I have work to do. And I do not know which to choose. Paul was betwixt, he had labor to do, but he said, I'd rather be with you, Jesus. That's what he said, in essence. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to, to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Well, I finally got to Ecclesiastes chapter 17. Can I get an amen? All that on 16. I'm going to add something in here that's not in my notes. When we go to see the Lord, I'm talking to Christians. We're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How do you know that, brother? Because the Bible tells me so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What are you going to tell him about your conduct here on earth? Throughout his life, he also eats in darkness and great vexation, sickness, and anger. All his days are in the dark, and he has much sorrow, pain, disease, and trouble. If any of you experienced pain in the last few days, would you raise your hand? I'm telling you, that new body is going to be something else. No more disease. No more trouble. A glorified body just like the Lord. That's going to be, if I can say it, awesome. And his days he also eats in darkness. He is frustrated and has sickness and wrath. I want you to raise your hand again. How many of you have been sick in the last few days? Anybody? Think about it. No more sickness. 23. He was talking about the rich man. But any rich man who doesn't know Christ, let me ask you again. I, I don't know why I keep saying this. If you don't know Jesus, you're on your way to a Christless eternity. And all the philosophies that you can give about this book, well, this is not the written word of God. This was written by man. It's going to fall to the ground. But any rich man who doesn't know Christ is not the only one in the dark. I want to ask you, if you're not saved, you're in the dark. Rich man's not the only one. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. You got that? If our gospel be lost, what is the gospel? The death, the burial. The resurrection, the ascension, the tetelestai, paid in full of the God-man. Can I get a witness? 
Don't let anybody fool you. I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ was 100% God and 100% man. And he's the one who paid for your sins. And he was born undefiled, separate from sinners. But let me add this. He was the friend of sinners. Like me. Like you. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that's Satan, he's the God of this world, have blinded the mind of them which don't believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, once again, the image of God, that's Jesus. I hope I can explain this right. Back in Genesis, when I said, let us make man in our image, did you notice one thing? Man was made, say made. Made, made in the image of God. Jesus Christ wasn't made in the image of God. He is the image of God. That's why he can call himself, and I'm going to abbreviate this, I am. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. I don't want to go on because I might shout. <laughs> Maybe I should shout. Wake you up. Make myself up. Let me start over again. Not from the beginning. The Alpha and the Omega. Don't you know in the Old Testament, God the Father calls himself the Aleph and the Tau. The beginning and the end. The same things that are ascribed to God the Father are ascribed to his Son. Shushine. I needed the light of Jesus Christ to shine in my heart. Without him, I would still be dead in trespasses and sins. The true light. So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. Christian, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Maybe I'm embarrassing myself. If you're not into the word of God, if you're not studying, if you're not praying, if you're not around other Christians, let me put it this way, you are beginning to walk in darkness. Can I get a witness? Yeah. I'm going to say it again. We need one another. There's no getting around it. It's called the body of Christ. Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me, say, follow me. Let me ask you a solemn question. Are you following Jesus? Thank you for that one comment. I'm sure some others in here are too. You're following the Lord. And Jesus said it another way. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I'm going to throw this in here. Not following, following alcohol. You're an alcoholic. Not following TV all day and not getting into the Word. You're not an addict of anything. If you want to be an addict, be an addict of this. Amen. Not following lustful thoughts. Boy, this is a hard message, but it needs to be said. Shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What kind of life? Not just physical life. Communion with Jesus. Communion with his Father. I'm going to tell you, it's an amazing thing. That God who created us in his own image 
allows sinful and lost mankind to finally come to him and have communion with him. And more than that, he desires to have communion with you. But he's waiting for you to say in these words or some other words, I surrender. The ultimate gift from God for the wages of sin is death. I'm on number 26. But the gift of God, say gifts. There it is again. There you go, Brother Bruce. You're always talking about that gift. Why do you keep talking about that gift? Because so many people think they can earn it. You can't earn it. My wife said to me something yesterday. I forget what it was. You don't get it. At that time, probably I didn't get it. But do you get this? It's a gift. You can't earn it. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Did you get it, folks? Good works follow salvation. Which God prepared beforehand. Christian, I'm talking to you. Have you asked God what do you have in mind for me? He has something, and he'll show it to you. I said they have 30. I'm almost done. It's 30 slides. Boy, these pages are hard. Furthermore, 27. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth... Well, I thought you were not yourself. Beware, whoever you are. God gave it to you. He is also empowered to eat from them and to receive his reward and rejoice in his labor. Say rejoice. rejoice. Again, I'm going to take things out of context. Christian, do you ever rejoice in the Lord? Thank you. Do you have time to sit up and say, thank you, Lord, for sending that awesome son of yours. Thank you, Lord, for saving my wretched soul. Thank you, Lord, for leading me down a path that I can empower, that, no, sorry, that you empower me to follow. Say Reward. He also is empowered to eat from them and to receive his reward. I'm going to take it out of context again. Don't you know, Christian? There I go with that don't you know again. God has a reward for you. He doesn't just do things say, okay, that's great. He has a reward. Let me make this distinction. Salvation is not a reward, it's a gift. But what we do after we are saved, God wants to give us a reward. Can I get an amen? Don't you want to hear, well done? And I say this without apology. And I'm sad to say this. And this could be for me too, so don't think I'm picking on you. For some of us, God is going to be ashamed. And I won't even go into it because you already know. And whoso he be whom God hath blessed, not only with plenty and abundance of worldly goods, you and I better be thanking God for what he's already given us. Well, I need more, Lord. Be thankful for what you already have. That he is not their slave. I'm going to say it again. Say slave. Are you a slave to alcohol? Are you a slave to drugs? Are you a slave to the TV? Are you a slave? I can go on and on. There's only one person you need to be a slave for. Jesus Christ. A doulos. That's what the Bible calls it.
verse uh, 20. For he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. <clears throat> Here's a footnote from the annotated, annotated Bible. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, or he remembers not so much the days of life. He does not look at the past with regret. Say past with regret. I'm changing it again. God wants Christians to stop looking at the past and look to him and the future. Stop looking about all the things that you've done wrong in the past. Satan, that's Satan's background. He wants you to dwell on him so he can keep you from being a witness for Jesus. And I'm going to put it this way. All of us have done some things that we wish we had never done. God wants you to just put it in the past. I didn't say you forget it. Just put it in the past. Let it rest. The last part. Gratefully enjoy the blessings which God bestows in answer to your desires. I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to read it. Gratefully enjoy Gratefully enjoy what God has already given you. He's already given it to you. This is my last slide. We started out with Solomon saying, under the sun. There's no point. There's no use. That's what he's saying. Everyone dies the same. But I'm going to tell you, sinners and saints do not die the same. There's something else. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. I hope this can be you and me. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. There it is again, the course. God wants you on a course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown. Of righteousness. That's one of those crowns. Which the Lord, who's the Lord? Christ Jesus. The righteous judge will award to me on that day. I'm going to say it again. There's coming a time for you and, my, and me to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And not only to me, but also to those who love his appearing. Say appearing. Let me put it this way. The eternal Son of God is coming back. He's coming back for his church. Who is the church? Every, not, a, not an individual is not the church. We are members of the church. Members. Oh, I don't need to go to church. I am the church. No, we're not the church. We're members of the church. We need each other. He's coming back for his collective body of believers. Are you going to be in that number? Or, as you already read in many transcripts out in the world, left behind. Let me stop with this. Start and stop. Jesus said in Revelation, and I know I've already said it, and I don't get tired of saying it. I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. And I'm making intercession for every born again believer. I don't know what that intercession is all about, but he's making intercession for you and me. And I praise God that he is making, he's pleading not that we'll get saved, we're already saved. And I tried to look this up and I couldn't find too many comments on it. But he's making intercession for born again believers. I want to slow down so I get this right. For God, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to use that one. 
For him who knew no sin, that's right, Jesus, he who knew no sin was made sin for you and me. That doesn't sound like Solomon to me. That doesn't sound like his, okay, for me to live is Christ and die is gain. I think I better turn that to that before I mess it up. And then I'm done. If you want to follow along with me, it's in. Maybe I won't because I don't have it. And my fingers don't. My, my fingers seem to be not nimble at this time. Let me just say it. He was made sin who knew no sin. I like the last part. That we might be made. Somebody said it. The righteousness of God in him. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised. Isaiah 53. He was chastised. And by his stripes, say by his stripes. By the stripes of the God man. Beaten, torn skin off his back, crown of thorns on his head. Who did he do it for? For you and me. And for that I can say. Hallelujah. What a see.